welcome everyone to the 19th episode of the new gen mindset podcast i'm dan Cozell here with nick tartaglia nick it is sunday yes. august 9th yeah and we are almost done summer <laughs> very true three more weeks pretty much huh it is crazy man um well, we've been five weeks technically of a freedom summer whatever that means especially <laughs> In, in, in this year because nothing makes sense um we're a we're a finance entrepreneurship economics podcast but the montreal canadians are in the playoffs in yeah August. i saw I, I saw everybody celebrating that the other day and that's I a didn't... big that's a big deal <laughs> some little hope for the city i guess i i guess uh we'll, we'll leave sports out of this but no it, no it's it's a i think you know I, I think now especially people need a little bit of a morale boost as a, on a kind of like a social level as a collective group of people and sports is definitely one way people find a way to, it kind of brings people together i, so, I would i would say it's more of just like a distraction from reality which is nice but that's it like you know let's get boost of morale you know like you get it you get to be distracted you get to focus yeah. on something else you know and if them doing well allows people to have you know kind of like a little uh, a, a little hope to have more distraction for a couple more weeks yeah so i i have zero expectations for our hockey team um <laughs> if we win Why games do, do if, we expect them to win uh, absolutely not um <laughs> i guess i guess we'll talk about this real quickly but they were the they were the they were the the 24th seed in a 20, uh, 24 team qualifier, and they beat Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in four games, or sorry, in three, and, and yeah, it was four games, the best of five to qualify for the playoffs. That was not supposed to happen. And the only reason that happened was because we have the best goalie in the world. Um, I, I'm an athlete. I love watching this. I'm a goalie too. So when I see Carey Price play, I'm just like completely mesmerized. This guy is just on another planet. And if you run into a hot goalie, stuff like that could happen. So, Tuesday, we play the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll see what happens. I have zero expectations for this team. Wait, this is the quarterfinals? Is that what this is? Yeah, round, round of 16s now. So this is the actual playoffs. We get hockey in midsummer. Uh, and it, like, this is, I, I have to be honest, 2020, like the beginning of the year was, was weird. The lockdown happened. And now things are kind of just like, okay, you know, like, you know, stuff is happening now. And, and we, have a, we have a sports team that we can watch uh, every day. So it, it's pretty awesome. But, um, Enough about that. I know that we're, we're, we're getting a little sidetracked here with the sports theme, but um, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to talk about TikTok. Yeah. Uh, TikTok, WeChat, Instagram Reels. Uh, this is Microsoft. Been, exactly. Microsoft. China, US. This has been the center point of the economic world right now. Um, and it's having significant uh, implications going forward. Nick, you and I were talking about this before we hopped on here. Um, we're entering an interesting phase, right? What, 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 yeah. what phase is that? Um, see, this is now the way you're starting to see the dynamics build is I think heavily correlated to the geopolitical landscape where you have United States and China now starting to find a way to leverage the capital landscape to kind of like, kind of like a capital warfare where now you have the United States that just banned TikTok and had to, after a certain date has to find a way to sell off all its assets in the U S so it has no longer any link to China, which will definitely see a significant retaliation from China because that's just the game. It goes, you hit me, I hit you. There's no forgiveness in this game, especially the political landscape on a geopolitical, uh, 
battlefield. So now you have uh, TikTok that's looking to potentially, well, pretty much selling. You have Microsoft getting involved. Microsoft wants a piece of that. You have Instagram that created its own reels that's been face testing its own thing in Brazil, France, Germany for the last couple of months because, you know, Facebook likes to imitate and copy other, uh, as if Instagram stories, for example, how it copied a Snapchat and it did really well at doing that. And then, uh, and so, yeah, so now you have all this political, economic and capital turbulence occurring right now. Well, it, it, we're, we're entering capital warfare is yeah. what this is, I think. And, um, you know, it, call it a cold war, but um, it really started when obviously China with COVID and then you had the president of the United States point the finger and call it the China virus. Uh, that doesn't help, obviously. But um, the, the biggest concern with TikTok, uh, and we're going to dive deep into this right now, is TikTok is owned by a company called BitDance. Um, they're a massive, massive Chinese company um, and has a lot of uh, board members who are directly part of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and this feels like 19, you know, 1960s, 1970s all over again when the U.S. and the USSR were going at it. Uh, you know, first to the moon, now it's first to Mars, now it's with technology. And yeah. the political sphere in the United States, but mainly conservatives on this side of the aisle, have been calling this out for the last two years when TikTok first came out and said TikTok is actually a big threat to uh, security, you know, security, privacy. Now, they can assume that because they have three board members who are directly linked to the Chinese Communist Party. It's a fair assumption to make. There has yet to be any kind of evidence that mm -hmm. says that the data is being directly fed to the Chinese Communist Party. But you want to hedge. You want to think in advance and ahead. Being proactive, right? Exactly. Um, TikTok, though, is an incredible product. Whatever, it's a platform, right? It's it, yeah. What a specific, what a generation, and with uh, filmmakers, oh, was it not filmmakers, uh, m like uh, video makers and stuff like that? It's well, they, it, 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 I think it replaced Vine, right? Yeah, exactly, pretty much. Like, no, like, though, when, I, it was like the way my Facebook was to MySpace. You have, you have uh, TikTok was to Vine, and now, yeah, you know, so it's like, it, it and it's it's just taken off. Like yeah. the, the last two years, you know, it's funny. The first time I heard about follow us on TikTok was watching Bloomberg on TV, which was two years ago. And I was like, what is this TikTok? Like, what, what, what are they talking about this stuff? And um, it, it's available globally. Um, and it's a video sharing app that allows people to make these hilariously ridiculous videos of themselves or their friends, uh, incorporating different types of music, streams, yeah. whatever it may be. I mean, I don't Special use Special effects it. and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't use it, but Same. from what I understand, it is driving consumer behavior for the younger generations because um, they get to be creative. It has a huge impact on the younger generations because they get to be creative on there. There's no other real platform that allows them to be the, that creative, and how, especially with the COVID lockdown, it, it propelled TikTok to another level. It became the obsession for uh, the young people. For uh, I would say below 25 years old, primarily. Obviously, uh, there were some older, but. It was a lot of younger teenagers and young 20-year-olds that were using this. Definitely. And I think um, the vast majority of these users probably just don't understand politically or economically what the implications were, right? Cybersecurity aspect of things and this and that. The, the, the data is technically owned in China. 
not in the United States. You have Chinese coders. You have lines. You have lines of data that's stored in China. That's where the whole, and that's where it comes into the Microsoft play. And also, uh, Microsoft. We heard. We had heard was two weeks ago. As soon as we heard that a it, week a week ago, yeah, a week. So as soon as Trump announced the fact that he was. Uh, making an executive decision that TikTok would have to sell off its US-based stuff. All of a sudden, you heard the talk that Microsoft wanted to. Then you heard that Trump was opposed to it. Then they had a conversation. And then Microsoft was said that they were going to be moving forward with the purchase. In terms of how much, it's more speculation right now. We don't know the actual numbers, but we're obviously assuming a couple billion dollars because the potential upside is more potential billions of dollars. But the real power is their code, their line, their, they have 50 million lines of coding that Microsoft technically wants. And the cybersecurity component they were talking about is whereas where they believe that it would be fine if Microsoft did this is that by completely owning the data and having it stored in the United States, you're no longer linked to China. It's no longer stored in China and you no longer have any Chinese coders or uh, software engineers. Therefore, everything is in the United States and thus you have no cybersecurity risk between the United States and China. And that's why they agreed with Microsoft because Microsoft does have a very strong relationship with the government and the defense department of the it's, United States. I just want to interrupt you for two seconds. Yeah, go, go, go. It's not finalized though. No, exactly. They it's are just, final. they are exactly. just currently in very deep discussions exactly. right it's, now. Yeah. And I think but there's Trump no other, I don't think there's going to be, there's no, there's no real potential other buyer for this who has that type of, high security level potential to say, we're going to go through this deal and have government approval at the well, same time. I, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Go, go, go. I think Apple could be a potential one as well. But see the Apple right. thing now, yes, I agreed hundred percent, but either way, it's going to be one of the big tech guys. It's not even a question. Yeah. Those guys, are, those guys are sitting on what? Like, like more north of a hundred billion dollars worth of cash, they can afford this. Yes. It's I see. But now I don't think it's, I don't think this is a significant, uh, this is a, a component of whether or not someone can afford it. I think this is more of a, from a government's perspective, it's who has the ability and the cybersecurity component of, of uh, part of things figured out that will allow them to do it. Like, you know, the hearings that just happened a week ago with all this, the tech CEOs, yeah. Microsoft wasn't there because they don't seem to have any issues with Microsoft. Right. That is true. So cybersecurity wise, I think the government is, is kind of for Microsoft and no other company because the other ones right now they're having issues with China or this or that or their information. Microsoft seems to be the only one that's in the background and doing what they need to do and not having any government issue because they do have significant government contracts with their cloud and this and that. So I do believe that Microsoft is probably the contender for it. There was also Jim Cramer talking about how there's the potential for Verizon to enter this as well, but that was more of him saying they could, not that in a more speculative way, rather than saying they should. This is more of a Microsoft potential buyout. Yeah, and the 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 reason why it's going to take so long is because there's so much code and and AI that that's that's gone into the development of this app. I mean, what people 15 don't million, 15 million lines of code. Yeah, I mean that's that's insanity. And like the what people don't maybe necessarily take for granted is like whenever you use like TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, there's something called filters, right? My biggest concern with that um, as an individual. And I still use it because it's just available to us is when it does do a face scan, 
is it actually scanning your face to put the filter on or is it actually scanning your face to, to do remember, something to else? With, it. <laughs> exactly. Wait, you, t- you can't technically like if you're going to play the devil's advocate or you're going to play the objective rational point of things and you're going to say, well, you can't really say no, it's not tracking your face at all times. And it's only providing you with a filter. You can't really say no to the opposite side of things because you don't really know. Well, that too. And you also agree to the terms and conditions while using yes, the exactly. right? So I think we've also entered a time where nobody's reading terms and conditions. People are just going, accepting it and then yeah. saying whatever. And the next thing you know, our data is being sold. I think at this point, we've just accepted that. There's nothing we can really do. Um, I'm sure the government too, with that hearing last week, that was an important hearing because big tech has gotten way too big. And um, the biggest concern that they have is the fact that there's an election coming up in about three months. They're afraid that there's meddling in elections. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's why TikTok and WeChat have been sort of on, you know, Trump's hit list uh, of of getting rid of it. Now, WeChat's another interesting one. It's kind of like the WhatsApp for China. Yeah, Um, it's it's owned by, um, who's it owned by again? WeChat? WeChat is owned by, is it Tencent? I believe it's yes, Tencent. Yes, yes, yes. So Tencent is one of the kings. It's, it's a huge, huge conglomerate in Asia that owns gaming, that owns WeChat. And WeChat is probably one of the big, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, what's they, it? I like to call them the big, like they are the ecosystem. They are the ecosystem infrastructure for China's economy, realistically. Um, that's how big Tencent is. Um, it's huge. They're, it's they're, a huge conglomerate. Yeah, their stock actually got absolutely clobbered. I think on Friday when Trump all all the Chinese stuff, even uh, Alibaba and all of them. Because there's also the issue is this now. So since you're on this talk, is now there's the issues that regulators want Chinese companies that are listed in Europe and the, and the American exchanges to report financials to their standards in order to make sure that information is transparent and equivalent to what we need where right. you know how the you know the lucky was it was it lucky there um, L- luck and coffee yeah luck and coffee for example that was a huge failure Account- accounting fraud exactly and that's something that normally you wouldn't normally see here in north america but because they're in china it's very hard for regulators to keep track and to regulate those companies especially with the type of information they're putting out there because we don't we 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 can't audit them so now they want auditors from North America or certain certified auditing firms to be able to validate information from China in order to make sure that everything here for American, for North American investors is on point because then it, because it's a huge risk geopolitical landscape. When you're looking at global dynamics, global investments, it is a significant risk. And now with this turbulence building up, I would be like before my mind was all, I want to, I want to get exposure to Asia. I want to get exposure to China, but now it's like, you guys are the, 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 the political unset between China and the United States is starting to regress again. It's like, we're about to go back into another type of uncertainty that it's like, well, no, don't go start investing there again because your money, who knows what's going to happen. What's, what's interesting to know. And with regards to us and China, um, China had its worst year last year in like over 50 years. And the U.S. had its best year economically. This is, this is right before COVID kind of hit the world. Um, and now you got TikTok that's already signed a bunch of partnerships um, with some major people in the States, a bunch of celebrities. They signed one with the NFL uh, last year, uh, multi-year partnership, right? Um, to, to, to basically, because it, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's an app that's very engaging. 
It gets the attention of people. It's, it's funny. Newer, if, if you're going to play the, the, the generational trend, if you're appealing to the younger people, guess what? As they age, you have them with you. Yeah. And, and they're going to continue to use TikTok it's probably. Early penet- it's, it's from, a, from a business perspective, it's what you would call early penetration. You, you penetrate with the younger generation and they grow up in the, into, your, into your usage. Exactly. So um, this is where it gets interesting is, okay, you actually have some millennials or some Gen, G, Gen Zs who have actually created just a sole business off of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, influencers and all that stuff. Yeah. A bunch of influencers. Like this is the new economy. This is the way the world works now. Um, you could literally become a personal brand and make a lot of money doing that if you're very successful. And that requires a lot of eyeballs to be on your content. That's yeah. just the way it is in this world now. Um, but you know, I think what the U S also realizes is that, you know, the actual product, the actual platform itself is fantastic. I mean, this is like, this is giving Instagram, Facebook a run for their money giving Snapchat a run for their money. It's very competitive, but it and needs to be, why Facebook but it is needs trying to, to copy. Exactly. And Facebook's really good at copying and implementing yeah. it. They're all about execution. You know, exactly. everyone says, Oh, Facebook copies everyone. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because they, they're able to execute it much better and much faster. And you criticize and they criticize and then they still use the app. So it's like, it's like, don't even bother criticizing. If you're going to keep using everything they do in your copy, it's like saying, it's like saying, I love you, but you're an idiot. Well, you still love them. So it's like, it's, it doesn't change anything at the end of the day. You're still going to use everything they do. Or, or we could, you know, we'll pick, we'll pick on some people here, but like, it's the, it's the individuals who say, I hate capitalism. It needs to be abolished, but they'll go to Starbucks or McDonald's and they'll just have that, you know, it's just like, it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. Exactly. Um, but yeah, look, TikTok is massive. I mean, it's, it's, it's global. Um, it's available in about 75 languages. Um, it's the most downloaded app on the app store and 62% 62% of the users that have TikTok are Mac users as well. So this, again, there's, we're, we're speculating here now. It's like, okay, you're absolutely right. Microsoft is the better fit because, and this is quoting Trump. Trump says it's a very American company. So I exactly. get it. He trusts it. Um, you know, but Apple could have a say in this as well. hundred percent. It right? would make sense. It would make sense for Apple to have value in this but it doesn't seem to fit in terms of where they're trying to head at. But I do agree that especially with the platform and how it's heavily platform uh, based through Apple. Yeah. Yeah. I get it's a value added, but Apple has not really entered the app space. They provide the app platform for companies and stuff, app services and stuff like that. But okay. Like we said, man, this is speculation. We don't know what's going to happen until it happens. So it's, uh, it's very interesting what's happening right now. Yeah. And I think in recent valuations to TikTok's worth about $75 billion. Which That's is, uh, yeah. So yeah. insane. I, uh, I don't think they're going to like, if they pay that much, it's crazy because they were trying to, it's a little, uh, it's insane. Now the valuations that can come out of this. So it's like, ideally, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's cause like if Microsoft goes to pay 75 billion for this, it's like, Jesus Christ. But they can. They can, I mean, 100%. But then it's like, what is your... It's like, I hope to God you monetize this well and you monetize this fast so that you see the return in the short term because $75 billion to monetize the platform into generating that much return, 
to offset that purchase. You know, it's not like, for example, Facebook, Facebook bought WhatsApp and they paid for, what, 30, 20 billion for it? Was that? About, yeah. Or was that? We, we got to check that. Search, search that up. Search that number before we, I continue this. Well, continue your train of thought. Okay. So basically, so Facebook purchased it for a few billion dollars, but the issue is Facebook has still never even really monetized WhatsApp. So WhatsApp has not, has never really provided an ROI on the overall capital that was invested in it. it 19, 19 billion. Sorry. Buddy. So 19 billion. So almost $20 billion was spent on WhatsApp and it has not yet been monetized. And this has been a couple of years. So ideally you want Facebook to monetize it. And that's where you see potential future growth for Facebook is the fact that they have a massive platform that is heavily used in the world that still hasn't yet to be monetized. So TikTok with its potential value, with its significant value, its AI, its line of coding, which is why so many people can use it, which is why you can be so creative with it. There's so much potential for it. I would and say, it, I would sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go, go, go. I would also say it's, it's just the number of users. No, but that's it. It's, right? it, there's so much potential from this, the coding, the view, the, 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 the users, but then it's like, you have to find a way to properly monetize that because it's still $75 billion, man. Like, wow, that's still a lot of money. Well, if that is well, what they up. end up being bought out for. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have, they have 800 million users approximately, and I'm going to pull out my calculator here, right? We do 800 million divided by 75. I mean, it's pretty, it's, 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 it's about a dollar, a dollar and six cents a user, right? Yeah. That's all about it. So it, it's, it's, it's got a lot of growth potential that remains to be seen, right? What is, do they, the snap, does, does TikTok monetize right now or they're not monetizable right now? It's more through partnerships with organizations using them. Because I don't know of any ways people are monetizing in terms of providing them with a platform. What, what's the question, sorry? Has TikTok monetized the platform already, or are they just more on the building the 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 platform itself? So they 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 have forms of sponsored content. That's okay. That's exactly which, what I was figuring. Which, so which, that's how they're monetized right now. Which can work, right? That that's mm -hmm. to a certain degree. I mean, it has to be at this point. Um, the organic content. I mean, I'm sure it touches it if you get some stuff. But um, the influencers, they make it. They they they're able to just reach a bigger audience, right? TikTok is essentially another marketing stream. Mm -hmm. That's all this 100%. is, you know, and it's, it's just so popular amongst teens um, to a point where it's like, it's, it's laughable because if you want to reach the younger generation, you don't even have to go on Instagram, YouTube or anywhere else. Just go to TikTok, right? Just so make, now the question, just make like some silly video about your brand or about your product. And like, people will talk about it. You so can, now the, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, buddy. I was just going to say that like, when I look at the psychology of children and young teenagers, their mind is very, um, how can I say it, 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 it's very volatile in the way they, they do, do things. And they I like to say mal mal malleable. Yes. Is the word. So it's all like, they're all taking it in and that's and, and, they're and, and there's no, they're never the younger people are not fixed in the way they pursue things. So if this is a platform that's heavily dependent on younger viewership, that dependency is heavily correlated to them being fixated and not deviating from that platform. Because the moment another platform comes out that can deviate their attention to it, well then TikTok is at risk. Because TikTok is pure, its base is young people. And young people are easily swayed onto other obsessions.
which is why if Instagram does well at copying this, where they have every age group, yeah, Facebook can do well with this because then it just ends up stealing and isolating people on their platform like they did with Snapchat and Instagram stories. Like that's why I, that's like, I think that really helped, helped Instagram sustain its place in the social media game. And if they do the same thing with TikTok, again, you're just, you're just allowing people to, you're just giving people more reasons to stay fixated on their platform. <laughs> It's the power of technology, right? You can just copy other platforms and just do your own thing. It just requires a lot of coding and a, an algorithmic ability. And these tech companies can easily do these things. Yeah. Um, my apologies on the math. I don't know why I said a dollar a user, but if they have 800 million users and the uh -huh. company's valued at 75 billion. Oh means, yeah. It's more. That means, that, means, that means each user is worth about a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about value proposition right there. And there's obviously a premium on that. So, uh, yeah, well, that probably is the premium, right? The yeah, 75 yeah. billion is probably a premium the on massive, what it's, it's like, a, it's as if it's a, it's the unicorn type. Remember back, uh, remember in 2019, how it was the year of IP, uh, IPO unicorns? Yeah. So it's kind of like that. It's an IP, it's a, an IPO unicorn type of valuation and you go and buy it out. But the thing is this, if, but here, this is the power of my, here, this is the power that Microsoft has now for leveraging. If the United States says, well, only Microsoft has the ability to purchase this and gives them the green light and they have to let go of all their U.S. assets, well, Microsoft doesn't have to pay the full price if nobody else is able to buy it. They could buy it at a discount. If you're the only buyer. Yeah, but you're not going to pay. Uh, like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, you're I'm not just gonna, saying, you're not going to get a discount on the most used app most downloaded app in the world right now. But then, get, well, I guess think of, I, I'm talking about more in the sense of like leveraging power because then if Microsoft doesn't buy it, who buys it? Nobody else would buy it. We'll see. I mean, the, the, the question now, the question now becomes who do, does the owner, does, 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 you know, bit dance, do they want to, do they want to do this? And if they don't do it, what happens? Well, if they don't do it, then TikTok is gone from the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's going to piss a lot off. Of that's going to, that's going to piss off a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. A lot of influencers on Instagram and this and that have built the business around the use of these platforms. <clears throat> Taking this away is going to have a lot of economic repercussions, not on a global sense, not on a, not on a systemic sense, but more on like an individual's economic value is kind of going to get destroyed and they're going to have to refine a way to rebuild their entrepreneurial autonomous business. Yeah, that's why day trading and investing <laughs> is fun too, right? <laughs> so if you see, the issue for me is this, is because I love Microsoft so much in terms of the business operation and how fantastic they are, ideally for myself, for my clients, I would like to see Microsoft retain a lot more of their cash and not give up any of their cash if that's the case. So, you know, I, I, I want them to maintain a strong balance sheet. So that's why ideally I would like to see TikTok be bought out for 10, $20 billion. <clears throat> that would be my ideal target range. This way they can hold on to more capital. I guess, but you know, at the same time, it's more of a selfish reason. Yeah, it's, it, it is more of a selfish reason, but again, the, the, the founder, the guy who created TikTok, I mean, he, first of all, I don't think he agrees with anything Trump says. Uh, the demands that are being pushed out to, to them are pretty unreasonable. And, and I can understand that. I can understand his side as well. Um, but again, the main thing that this is why this is happening is because 
the United States and China have some yeah. really, really bad tensions right now. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's, that's, that gives you an outlook when you're looking to invest and get exposure. Like, you know, Alibaba was an, it was a possibility for me. Tencent was a possibility, but as this develops, like they could just delist their stock and what happens to your money after they do so if you invest in a Chinese company, they do something. How do you sue them? Like, how do you yeah, go after really, them? Really how do you hold them accountable? You, they're, 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 they operate and they're located in a different country. You don't have any political power in that sense to do anything as an investor. Companies within North America, there's a reason why you want to make sure companies are, are, are part of a regulated market because it gives you the ability to pursue them and hold them accountable if they decide to do things that are against the benefit of stakeholders. Companies in other geopolitical domains like China, for example, where they have a lot of political issues with the United States, your, your capital's at risk. I get if you're a billionaire and you want to put $100 million in Asia, you know, you have more control, you can be directly invested. But as an individual retail investor and you're using a brokerage and you're investing, after that, you're, 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 there's nothing you can do. You have no power. So I think the question now becomes, and I think the listeners want to know, is how do you play this move, right? And um, Sideline. Uh, you're, you're like... <laughs> I mean, the most... The most... De the, the most de-risk option is sideline if you want to enter the space well again then you have no choice but to enter it in small amounts and you just follow the story i, I would also look at microsoft because when they yes. made that announcement last when they made the announcement last weekend uh the stock went up about six and a half percent on monday which so for not, them is probably like what 50 billion they probably well, went up the value of what they would be buying it for right well, we'll hold on too because microsoft historically doesn't move that much in a day. Microsoft, no. and I've been following Microsoft for a while. It's a very slow moving stock, but it, it, it's, you know, as they say, stocks always go up. Microsoft's a safe bet. It's always going to continue to go up. It's, there will be some pullbacks. This was the first over 6% day since like 2018, um, which was pretty big stuff, right? For a massive company like this. You look at their balance sheet now, they have $136 billion worth of cash. Let's say they do pay, let's say they do pay the $75 billion. That's a bee sting for these guys, right? That's literally a bee sting. Like they're, they're, they're totally fine. They're, they're cash flow positive too, right? Yeah, 100%. So cash flow positive. Yeah. So balance sheet is fantastic. Yeah. So to me, even playing this, even if the deal doesn't go through, what's going to happen to Microsoft is there will be a small pullback of some sort. That's an opportunity to get into a very good company. You know, it's a win-win as a retail investor, in my opinion. You know, you, it, if the deal goes through and you got in, great. It's going to skyrocket. If the deal doesn't go through, the, the stock tanks, you got in, buy some more. It's a strong company. This is a company that everybody should own in their portfolio, in my opinion. Guys, there, it's part of a foundation, a portfolio's foundation. And it's a, it's a stock you can go long on. Even if in the short term, you see the market come down because of the crazy balloon devaluations, you just, you play the long game with Microsoft. You don't have to worry so much about the, the short term noise that occurs in that, in that market. It just now becomes everything is more related to the whole political unset with China and United States. So companies that are very in the middle of that, you're going to see some volatile, some volatile, some volatility. <laughs> <laughs> you see some volatility occur between that stuff. And that's honestly where I think the next year is going to be a lot of turmoil. Not that's where my head really is at, because honestly, I can't, it's a lot of speculation building right now in my head. 
and there's a lot of development to occur and it's only going to compound. Right. But again, I think, you know, the safest play, play to look at it is just, just look at Microsoft and yeah. put that in your portfolio. I don't think I don't, that's a, that's a win-win situation. This thing will be, this stock will be a $300 stock by like mid next year that I can almost, I don't want to make any guarantees, but like it's a high probability uh, prediction in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's just such a good, there's such a good company. Their the yeah, fundamentals are there. If, and like, if, if they we, get TikTok, that's even better for them. Right. They own, just to give you guys a context for Microsoft. So normally in the cloud storage space, which is one of Microsoft's biggest revenue uh, sectors, uh, Amazon, yeah. Amazon is the number one in the cloud computer, uh, cloud storage space. They're number one, but the primary, their primary clientele is small and medium businesses. Most, a significant portion of the S&P 500 and large cap companies are all using Azure with Microsoft. So Microsoft is integral to the economic and capital landscape of big enterprise. Extremely, extremely important. Without them, most of the functions of big companies do not exist anymore. It, it, it is a utility company too, right? Yeah. But that's it because it's part of that infrastructure that exactly. companies can, it's like energy, right? Tech companies cannot operate without energy. Well, guess what? Tech companies cannot operate without Microsoft's foundation and infrastructure that they provide them. Exactly. So they're, 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 they're that important, which is why when you say, well, Microsoft is trying to buy 15 million lines of code. Like you think of the potential that this brilliant company is capable of doing what it can do with that much code and that much AI and that much algorithm, how it can then take that and amplify it and monetize it and give value to its network. We're, we're going to see some, some interesting developments these next few weeks and we'll keep you guys updated for that. Um, I think moving forward again, Put Microsoft in your portfolio. It's 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 a no brainer. MSFT is the ticker on that one. Oh. Pays a dividend too. You get a ninety four point nine four percent dividend. So that's you know ninety four cents on the dollar. Was that about two percent before the market was going up? Of course, but yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, um, but it's a growth stock, so you don't have to worry too much about the dividend. Yeah, these guys these guys are going to continue to be cash flow positive for for quite some time. Even if the R and D is huge with them, their balance sheet is great. Their cash flow is fantastic. Their margins are good. They're very innovative. You know, I, I can make this. I could go on all day long talking about the operations that built out of Microsoft, but it's we're not going to do that today. There, but uh, I could go on endlessly. It's they are without a doubt a fantastic company, and if they can do this purchase, it just there's obviously a plenty of added value for them there. Absolutely. So anyway, TikTok, we'll see what happens. Um, I think that's, that pretty much wraps this episode up. Eh, Nick? Yeah, um, yeah. I, Just I, uh, watch, you know, guys, like this, this is where you start seeing how cat, capital landscape mer- is integrated with the political landscape. Like you cannot, this is why we meet, this is why we, tr- me and Dan, we try heavily not to, to go too much into politics because we don't want to push buttons in that domain. But at the same time, the objective component of analysis when you're looking at the capital landscape requires a political analysis. It requires it. It is part of that, especially when you're looking at global companies. It's part of the uncertainty. It's part of the risk. It's part of the dynamic of the landscape. And you have to do an analysis. You have to pick a side. You have to make speculative uh, outcomes. There's no choice or else you can't make an effective decision when your investment thesis. So, 
And I hope one day we can get more into the political politics of things as we build our audience and people kind of get more, understand that value of understanding why politics is so important. Because as we see this, the only reason why Microsoft is the only potential buyer is because Trump administration has given them the green light to be the potential buyer and nobody else. It's a political decision. It was a political decision to say you have to sell your assets because they don't want any connection to China. And it's a political decision in terms of which corporate company is capable of buying that company. Right. I, I mean, I'll leave, I'll leave it at this with one thing. I mean, it is 2020. There's an election coming up. It's a pretty big election. Um, yeah, people, huge. Need to, people need to understand that. Um, and it's, it's never been so clear cut as to what each platform represents. If you, um, if, if you care about your money, guys, you're going to have to start learning to it, care about politics. Yeah, it just it it plays a massive factor. It was just funny. Trump quoted Trump was quoted saying uh, last week. He's like, if Biden wins, you're going to see a stock market crash. Um, I I will look, that happen? I mean, I don't know. But just, uh, just look, just to give a context on that statement you just made right now, it's this, guys. If Biden becomes elected, what the hell happens with the United States and its global relations? Like everything that's been built. If this new mindset comes in, what happens to the rest of the world? What happens to the trade agreements? What happens to the partnerships, to the relations, to the, to the pursuit of globalization, innovation, to capitalism, to economic, like a lot of things become a, a, a unknown factor again. So to me, I, it's I, like for, for my rational per, side of my thought brain, I hope that the United States makes an effective, critical, and objective decision with this. We'll, we'll, leave, it, we'll leave it at that very open-ended. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, we'll leave it to you guys to interpret what that means, but uh, it, it's, it's a very valid point. So TikTok, keep that on your radar. It's an important topic, and uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Ciao, guys. <laughs>